friends. Welcome to the Not About Me podcast. I'm your host, Katie Taylor, and I'm so glad you're tuned in and you are ready to go today because this is the second week of our series, God of Possible. Last week, we talked about God speaking the world into existence and how Jesus brought healing and he spoke healing uh, into existence and he brought life into dead bodies just by speaking. So we talked about how God can speak healing, power, and authority in our situations as well. And today I want to continue that and expand on this idea of God of possible right here on the Not About Me podcast. Some of you are fighting a battle. Maybe it's um, against an ex. Uh, Maybe it's a neighbor. Possibly a family member. Uh, Your thoughts you're fighting. Uh, Maybe it's been a very long process. There's been some highs some lows, some battles are won, some have been lost, there's been some joy, probably a lot of hurt, and there's scars that are healing, and maybe some that are still bleeding. Maybe you feel backed against a wall, you're looking to your left, you're looking to your right, and it feels like there's nobody there. You feel pressure coming in on all sides, you feel it in your chest, and you're thinking that your hope is getting dimmer and dimmer, and maybe you're just hanging on by a thread. I know one of you listening hears me and you feel that right to your very core. Um, I want you to know I've been there too and there's hope in this message today. So I want to show you through God's word when it feels impossible. uh, With God there's possible. So our example today is coming from the book of Exodus. This is the book immediately after Genesis and it's in the beginning of our Bibles. Uh, If you want to follow along, uh, if you're able to, if you're not able to, go back and read it. The story is found in Exodus chapter 14, primarily in verses 8 through 31. But I want to give us a little history that leads us up to this point. See, the Israelites have been in bondage, uh, slavery, to the Egyptians for 430 years. Uh, That date and time is found in Exodus 12, verse 40. Exodus chapter 1 says they were worked ruthlessly. God then brings Moses uh, to lead God's people out of Egypt, away from their bondage, away from slavery, being enslaved uh, with hard labor from sunup to sundown, you can imagine, no days off, just working away, obviously, like a slave. Listen, there's times working that I felt the same way. Maybe you have too. Maybe you are in that right now, this season of your life. So this idea of doing the same amount of work with less assistance, uh, less resources, has you in bondage to. And this story from the Bible has the exact same principles for us today. So like I said, God's bringing Moses to deal with Pharaoh. Pharaoh is the one that is making sure that the Israelites are enslaved. He has them ruled. He has rulers over them. Uh, But now he's getting frustrated with Moses. And where they used to have their own straw delivered, now they got to go out and get it themselves. So the Israelites now are frustrated with Moses and Moses gets real honest with God and says in chapter 5, in verses 22 and 23, Why, Lord, why have you brought me trouble on this people? Is this why you have sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. That's bold, but that's honesty with God. Have you ever asked God why? God, why? Yeah, me too. In chapter 6, God lays out to Moses the promise and tell them he's going to deliver the Israelites and make himself known to them. 
The next few chapters we see the plagues over Egypt, but it wasn't until the plague of the firstborn child dying that Pharaoh finally agreed to let the Israelites go. In fact, he called Moses and Aaron in the middle of the night to come over and told him, just get out, leave. Um, so we see in verse 31 this encounter that Pharaoh has with Moses and Aaron. In verse 37, it tells us that 600,000 men, that doesn't count women, children, uh, they all start to leave. They just pick up what they have. They get some things from the Egyptians, food, clothing. They take their own livestock, and they leave with them. So this is a huge crowd of people exiting Egypt. Uh, so God leads them through day and by night. He has a cloud by day and fire by night so they can see. Remember, there's no street lights. There's no flashlights, no headlights. Uh, and you know if you've ever been outside at night when it's dark, how disorienting that can be. Uh, without those things. But God provided illumination for them to see. Pharaoh, of course, just like he had during the previous plagues, he changes his mind. He realizes his workforce has just left out of Egypt. And so we see he ordered 600 of his best chariots, their officers, soldiers, they're pursuing the Israelites, and the Israelites see them coming. And they realize that they're trapped between the sea and the Egyptians coming after them to take them back captive and they're ready to give up and Moses tells them in verses 13 and 14 don't be afraid stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today the Egyptians you see today you won't see them again the Lord will fight for you you need only be still God then told Moses to raise a staff and stretch out his hand over the sea the water divides uh, and the Israelites walked on dry land across the sea and that doesn't make sense to me because if you've ever walked in an area where there used to be water, it takes a long time for that to dry up. It's muddy and it's yucky if you're in your bare feet. But the Bible tells us they walked on dry land. And then God put himself between the Israelites and the Egyptians um, as the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. He kept them safe. He threw then the Egyptian army into confusion. He jammed their chariots, it says in verse 25. Listen. You and I have our own battles, our very own problems, our backs sometimes have been up against the wall. Maybe you're just still there. But I, can I just encourage you to cry out to God and be as honest with God as Moses was here? To listen and obey like Moses did here. God is a God of possible. To you and I, it may seem very impossible. It makes no sense whatever, whatever we're in. But God, but God. I want to give us another example. Some of you, maybe you're being taunted or you feel taunted and that taunting causes you anxiety. It causes you depression. Uh, you probably feel like you're up against a giant. There's nowhere to go. So let's talk about this in a biblical example. So if you turn in your Bibles, if you have it or you want to go back and read this story of David and Goliath uh, is in first Samuel chapter 17. It's a book that's about 60 verses um, and there's a lot of highlights uh, and there's a lot here but I, I kind of want to go over just a few things um, but definitely go back and read the whole chapter because it's very very good so at the beginning of this chapter we see we have two armies you have the Israelites and then you have the Philistines and they're separated by a valley every day a giant named Goliath on the Philistine army he comes out and it says he stands six cubits and a span, which my Bible has a footnote that says he's nine foot, nine inches. 
Now, you and I can agree that there are still really tall people walking the earth. If you look at some of the NBA players, past and present, Shaq is seven foot one, Yao Ming is seven foot six, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is seven two, LeBron James six nine, Giannis is six eleven. These are very tall men compared to me. I'm five foot six. Goliath was even bigger than them, another two to three feet. So, verse four through seven of this chapter tell tell us about his armor, his javelin, his spear. His armor weighed. 5,000 shekels. And again, my footnote in my Bible says that's about 125 pounds. So basically, he's carrying another person as his armor. In verses 8 through 11, we see Goliath comes out and he's taunting the Israelites and Saul, uh, the king of Israel, and all the Israelite army were dismayed and terrified, as it says. Maybe some of you feel dismayed and you're terrified in your situation. And Goliath was relentless. Twice a day, he's out there taunting them. For 40 days. In verses 12 through 15, we see David's lineage and how he has brothers fighting in the Israelite army. David is the youngest of uh, his brothers, and his father Jesse is getting older, and he's concerned about his sons, so he sends David to go and bring back a report. He sends David with food, and we see in verses 17 through 19, uh, David goes to check on his brothers. He overhears Goliath taunting the soldiers and talking about what will happen uh, if an Israelite kills him. His brothers become frustrated that he's even there and inserting himself into basically adult business. Uh, because remember, David's still a young man. Uh, David sees the Israelites flee in fear, and I imagine Goliath is just getting a really good laugh out of scaring the Israelites, and he's watching them be fearful. Someone in your life might be getting a good chuckle uh, at your expense out of your circumstance. Uh, and this was happening even in the Bible. So this is not new. Saul finds David is engaged, um, and so he calls him to himself, and David says that he will go and kill the Philistine, but Saul obviously tries to talk him out of it, because again, David's young, uh, but David is insistent. He pleads his case in verses 34 through 37, and I want to read that real quick for us. In verses 34, it says, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. I love that, because he references the lion and the bear, but he, mainly he references God's faithfulness to him. Listen, can you reference God's faithfulness in your lifetime? What he's done for you, uh, when he's taken care of you, provided for you, brought you safety, uh, brought you shelter. That didn't fall short on David. He referenced it on purpose. So then Saul finally agrees, uh, but he tries to give David his own armor. It doesn't fit, obviously. It wasn't made for David. It was made for Saul. And remember, there's a big difference in their body type. Saul's a man, and David's still very young. It's awkward for David because he's not been trained in the armor, so he takes it off. It wasn't made for him. Uh, he just takes his staff. He takes five stones from the stream and a sling. Not a gun, not a sword. A staff, stones, and sling. And Goliath taunts David, and I love David's battle cry in verses 45 through 47. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. 
This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And the whole world will know. This story continues on today. Your story can be told for generations as well. The story of God's faithfulness, his protection, his plan for you, how he made possible for you things that seemed impossible. To the Israelites, it was impossible to beat Goliath. But for David, it was possible. And God made it possible through David. Not a sword, not a gun, a staff, a stone, a sling. What could he do for you? I hope this passage of scripture or these passages of scripture have encouraged you no matter the battle you're facing, no matter how impossible it seems. Remember, God is possible. Listen, God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Love him. Then love the people around you. And remember, it's not about me. sees you. Just like he saw the Israelites in captivity in Egypt, just like he saw the Israelites facing Goliath, he made a way for them to get out of slavery, to walk on dry ground. Uh, He made a way for the giant to be killed and for the Israelites to win and for the story to be told for generations and generations. God made possible when it seemed impossible and he can do the same for you in your situation. If this helped you and you know it could help someone else, please comment on it like it, tag it, share it in a friend, share it on your feed. Uh, you guys know what to do. You can find us on Instagram or you can email us at notaboutmepodcast@gmail.com, and that link will be posted in the show notes uh, along with all the scripture references because we'd love to hear how God is moving in your life. Join us next week. We're going to continue on in the series right here on the Not About Me podcast. Mm-hmm.